Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 62. Welcome back, Adamantamaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you for tuning in today. We got a lot of content to get out to you, so second episode this week, how awesome is that? And this episode, we've got Patrick Miranda, lead singer and frontman of the post-hardcore punk rock band Movements. I met with Patrick on his tour bus just before their show at the Opera House, and I really like this interview because one of my favorite things in an interview is when you discover something significant about them or, or an interest that you didn't know about before and you talk about that and it becomes a very organic conversation and one thing I didn't realize about Patrick is he's a huge foodie and one of his favorite things about touring is is discovering food from different cities so we actually end up talking a lot about food um, of course it's not the only thing we talk about of course we talk about the music and what they're up to but I just thought it was really really cool and Patrick is just like a really chilled out dude, so it was kind of just like hanging with a buddy on a bus. <laughs> so check out Movements if you don't know them already. And of course we're going to do the Adamantium Recommend section. So five songs by Movements recommended to you by the Adamantium Podcast that you can listen to before or after the interview. So the first song I'm going to recommend is my favorite song by Movements. It's called Deadly Dull. The second song is called Full Circle. The third is called Colorblind. The fourth is called Daylily. And then the fifth song I'm going to recommend is actually their cover of Losing My Religion, which we actually talk about in the interview. Don't forget to subscribe to the Adamantium Podcast if you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Google Play Music, Spotify, and Stitcher, or basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow the Adamantium on social media. Surprise, surprise. You can find us on Instagram at the Adamantium. You can follow us on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Here's episode number 62 of The Adamantium Podcast, featuring the very cool Patrick Miranda of the band Movements. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Get out, enjoy the sunshine, be good to each other, eat some good food, and that's it. Peace. There's a Michelin star restaurant in Bangkok, Thailand that is literally a street cart. And it's just like they cook all the food on the sidewalk and it is the best pad thai for like $5. <laughs> oh, dude, I had two big plates, like this big of pad thai yeah. for less than $6. Yeah. It was crazy. I was just like in, I was in Tokyo for New Year's and there's like a Michelin star restaurant every few blocks. It's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Dude, it's so sick. Yeah. There's literally not a single Michelin star in Los Angeles. There's, no? There are no Michelin stars. I, is there any in Toronto? I don't know. I, for some reason, I thought it was like a Europe thing. Mm-mm. They have them. They it's have them in the United thing, States, and they have them. Well, I don't know about Canada, honestly. Yeah, I but know. but they have them. Like there's a there's a handful in New York City. There's a couple in Chicago. Uh, surprisingly, I think there's one in Denver. Like okay, like like strange places that you wouldn't really expect to have them. You have them, and then in a city like Los Angeles, there are none. 
It's yeah. so weird. So you're a foodie. I love. Really? Oh, oh yeah. you should try pie. That you got to. Dude, uh, honestly, now that I know that it's next here, time you're here, I'm going to look pie. Yeah, because had I known, I saw them post recently that there's like there's some kind of like official. Thai food certificate you can be given and oh, there's wow. 10 there's only 10 in Canada and wow. they have four of them oh, oh my yeah, gosh. Shit. yeah I need to go there I is there one in this area at all no. or Pi- no no it's very uh, no oh. but they also have there's one further out this way there's they have one they place have called more. Sabai Sabai they have Suko Thai and then they have Kin it's at like, but also it's like depends. Maybe if you like went by yourself, you could get in. But yeah. like if, if like four of you went, you you you'd have to wait like an hour and a half. Got it. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. So have you like on tour? Do you get to try lots of? Is that when you get to a town, you're like, where do I like, eat? Like to try food? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, like that's that's like the biggest thing for me is like when we're in new cities is is finding the best places to eat. And I have I have my favorite spots like throughout the country. Um, not not in, in Toronto or Canada necessarily because we've never like well that's not true we've done one tour of Canada but mm-hmm. like we didn't really like have the time or money to like go look for food I so yeah. I like poutine but it's like I don't know I'd, I'd rather eat something more than just fries like you know what I mean like uh, um, but should I cut the sound sorry I didn't start rolling the sound I early no I did just because just test it and then I was like oh this is actually interesting food talk like, no I'm but, cool yeah. about talking about it but poutine so what's your my, my beef with your poutine your beef with poutine like what about beef on one. poutine I I, I don't know like, you just haven't had a good one is probably what it is I don't know about right? that well, you said you I've haven't been to Montreal I haven't been to Montreal so my, my Montreal poutine's even better I yeah, have had poutines probably, yeah. from a few different places. Okay. I just, like, <laughs> even at home, like, I'm not, like, like a huge, like, french fry person. Okay. Like, like I don't really, like... Okay, well, like, then that's kind of hard. Even if, if like I'm, french fries yeah, is kind of... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I like them, but, like, yeah. even if I'm, like, at a place where they have, like... Because at home, we would just call it loaded french fries. You right. know, like, just french fries <laughs> with a different. bunch of it's shit on it. different. You can't... If you were to tell, like, a French-Canadian it's yeah. just loaded french fries, they'd be like... Really <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah, specifically cheese curds. Yeah, and, it's yeah. cheese curds cheese, and gravy. Right yeah, because it's what a good like, fry. Like you got I forget this. what it was. Yeah. Like I was in Texas or something. They're like poutine, and it was like shredded cheddar yeah. on. And I was like, come on, yeah. this isn't poutine. I mean, that sounds about right to me. <laughs> yeah, like, right. It's not really a thing at home. Yeah. No, like, no, poutine is not a thing at home. It's just carbs on carbs on carbs. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, there are like tons of places throughout the U.S. that like. I specifically, when I'm in certain cities, will go checklist. eat yeah. at these places. Yeah, sweet. It's okay, good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, let's start the real thing. Cool. Um, cool. So, first of all, congratulations on the tour, the album. Everything seems to be going nice right now, yeah. except for you mentioned about you know someone passing out. And yeah, <laughs> just small, small small issues here yeah, and there, which is kind of comes with touring. Kinda totally comes with the territory. Yeah, I mean nothing nothing super detrimental to the tour yeah. so it'd be boring if everything just went perfect all you the know time, that's right? so funny that's that it. you say that too because literally as this tour started I thought to myself and I think I actually had a conversation with our photographer about it I was like man like I wonder what like the thing that happens on this tour is gonna be you right. know what I mean like, yeah, like what it. is going to be like the issue of the what's tour what's the thing you're gonna talk about <laughs> you know? next tour exactly like, <laughs> like, like I feel like every tour has those things and so far there hasn't necessarily been any like big issues. So yeah, yeah. I've gotten really lucky. All right, cool. Um, the first, the first album, uh, 
Feel Something came out 2017. It's been about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. So are we warming up to the idea of an, another album? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're like, we're pretty deep in the actual writing process of the next album. Okay. Um, we have about three and a half months off after this tour ends, which is like next week. Um, and then... For those three and a half months, we're just going to be writing pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go into the studio with Will Yip, the same guy who produced the last two records. Um, we have like studio time with him set for the... It's either like the end of August through the end of September or like the beginning of September into early October. Okay. But I'm not totally sure which. Do you guys all write together or do you kind of each bring your own little yeah, pieces? Yeah. Well, okay, it kind of depends, because, like, for the most part, we do, like, all get together and, like, write in a room together, but there's also a lot of, like, solo writing that goes into that, because when you, when we get together for a writing session, like, we'll usually have ideas that we can bounce off of one another, you know, that we come up with on our own, and then we can be like, hey, I came up with this, like, what do you guys think? And then we kind of all, like, build on it and work on it. Build on each other's ideas. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, that's kind of, like, how we've been going about the writing process for this one, is it's been very um, collaborative, and everybody is, like, very involved in what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so, so we're just going to be doing that like i said for a few months and then in uh like the, at the end of the summer early fall we're going to record the new album and hopefully it's cool i mean like i don't really know what to expect out of it yet just because the songs are so early in their right. in their forms right now like it, there's not really a whole like uh, I, I don't know if there's a definitive sound you okay know? like they're all sort of i guess kind of all is over there, the place. Is there any that you've started and you're, like, really super stoked about right now? Like, yeah, there yeah. there are, like, two or three that I am, like, very, very into um, and that I think are going to be, like, really, really great songs. But we also, like, we're not the best, like, uh, engineers, like, recording engineers or anything. Right, right. So, like, none of them sound good at, at the all. Like, right, they, at like, the like they sound like trash, <laughs> but the idea is there. The idea is there, yeah. <laughs> so. Very cool. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, because the, the first album did, I mean, you guys made all kinds of like emerging artist charts. It, yeah. it hit the Billboard 200. Yeah. Um, do you feel a pressure at all to like live oh. up to that first album? Dude, there is an immense pressure right. on, on all of us because we, I think we set the bar pretty high. Um, yeah. Higher than I think we m- maybe intended to okay. set it. Um, we set the bar pretty high with Feel Something and... And we're sort of realizing now, like, okay, we are now in a position where we need to write an album that is as good as or hopefully better than what Mm -hmm. we wrote before, which is turning out... I don't know if it's so much of an issue for the guys because the guys are um, all very confident in, in like their instruments and like their writing style and I think that their writing is, has been really really great so far for this new album I feel like on me there's a huge pressure to make these songs like from their demo form to being like real good songs with like good lyricism and like catchy hooks and, and songs that people are going to want to listen to and for me that's like extremely scary because I'm I'm nervous about being able to write course, good songs. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's scary, but I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. If, uh, honestly, like, 
every time that we've worked with Will, we've come out with something great. Okay. Um, and I think that when we get into the studio and when he's like, you know, helping us and we're all working on stuff together, I think it's going to turn into a very, very cool record. So, awesome. Yeah. Is there, have you guys thought of titles yet or anything like that? Oh, or it's still early process? Okay. Yeah. I, I really only have lyrics written for three songs right okay. now. Still there, early there are, days. Yeah. There are maybe, maybe 12 or 13 demos total. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which are only like, uh, 30 minute or 30 seconds to a minute long uh, of like instrumental tracks some of them are full you know three to four minute songs that have like a whole structure and everything to them but um as far as like songs that are that are actually uh you know finished or not even really finished but songs that i've written to vocally there's only three so okay. um yeah so it's still still pretty early still pretty early, early to stages, tell yeah. and honestly i don't even really know what this album's going to be mostly about like so okay. far the three that i've written are all pretty different from one another so interesting it's okay. going to be interesting to see if there's sort of a common thread between them all if right let's feel something so we'll see yeah and feel something a lot of it uh, I, f- I feel like a lot of you guys were heavily touring with warp tour yeah that one were you writing the album while you were on warp tour we or? were trying to okay um it was hard writing on the road is really difficult i imagine like, yeah you you have very limited time that you can actually set everything up you're to probably write exhausted and, uh, like, yeah you're always tired you like you know it's hard to find motivation to write on the road um, but we were trying to, and even on like the last Warped Tour, we were we were still writing for this album, you know. Right. And, okay. Um, so yeah, we try and we try and write when we're on the road, but I think I personally do best when I'm writing at home, just because right. I am in a better headspace and of course, I can yeah. take my time with things. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Feel Something, it was it was crazy because we wrote that album over the course of like a year and a half. Like right. we we spent okay. straight up like. 16 months writing that album yeah. um and it paid off in the end <laughs> yeah and with this one i mean i only started writing like lyrics lyrics like maybe three or four months ago so that's like uh, i don't know seven or eight months total maybe right. that we have had to work on this album so i mean we're kind of cutting our last amount of time in half as far as like how much time we're putting into the album um but I also think that we've grown a lot as musicians and that we are a lot better working together now so that mm-hmm. um, we maybe don't need as much time. But it is still scary to you know think about the reality of the fact that in four months I will be in the studio like putting down vocals for what yeah. will be our next record. You know? Yeah, so. I think it's, once you sign a record deal too, it's like... There's that pressure as yeah, well. Like no, it has yeah. to be out by the like pressure you have is to on be, for sure. You know, and, and thankfully, like Fearless Records has been very, very good with us about yeah. like um, letting us have that that freedom and, and allowing us to kind of do what we want to do at the pace that we choose to do it. Okay. Um, but there is still like that because as an there. artist, it's always like you only feel it when you feel it, right? Straight so. up. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. You can't force something you to can't happen. Force creativity. Exactly, so. and. Um, yeah, that's something that I was definitely worried about with this album is like not being ready to to be creative to write, yet. Yeah. But um, I think I'm starting to surprise myself with this stuff that I am writing right now because uh, it, it's funny. Like I I recently um, helped. So I co-wrote and co-produced uh, an album for a band called Eat Your Heart Out. They're okay. like an Australian band um, that are on Fearless Records and. Uh, 
we have just been friends with them for a very long time and took them out when we toured Australia and all that stuff. And they asked me to like be a part of their writing process for their new album. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Cause they were recording in LA. They were recording with one of my best friends and I was like, sick. Like I'm going to help you co-write this. I'm going to co-produce it. It's going to be sick. And so when we got into the studio, I was like starting to write songs with them. And I was like, wow, these songs are actually turning out pretty sick. Like, I'm, it makes me really stoked to write my own music now because yeah. the songs that I'm writing for these guys is, like, like awesome, you know? In my opinion, awesome. I, I think that their new record is, is going to be really, really good. So it was like, okay, cool. That gave me some more confidence to be like, okay. all right, I can go write my own music again and feel confident about it. Yeah, you kind of just answered my next question, which was, like, being on tour with different artists and stuff like that, do you are you able to draw experience or different motivation from totally. different people? Yeah, yeah, no. A lot of my inspiration for writing new music comes from like who I am listening to at the time. Okay, you know, and and, and kind of what they're doing. And whenever I hear a song that I think is like really, really fucking good, like it. It, it kind of sparks this competitiveness within me where I'm like, man, I want to write a song that's that good. That, you know, okay. like I, I want to do something like that. Obviously, I don't want to like rip off whatever this other band is already doing, but mm-hmm. I want to write something that is as good as that, if okay. not better. You know, um, and so yeah, I've been I've been channeling some of that with the new music that I've been writing and just trying to find different sorts of inspiration from all different types of music for this new album. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think I think it's going to be a little different vocally than it maybe was in the past, but I think it's still going to be very... At the, at the heart of it, it'll still be movement. Okay. You know? And do you have any, like, little um, tricks for yourself to kind of spark inspiration or creativity? Not really. No? No. Yeah, there's, there's nothing I can really do. Sometimes I just have to, like force myself to sit down and, sit down and, 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 and actually make, do it you know okay. and, and sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't right. like yeah. like you said you know you can't force creativity you can't force it but, but sometimes dedicating yourself i think there's a there's a fine line between like having like a dedicated like time frame in which i say okay i'm going to sit down and do this right you know there's a fine line between that dedication and like the forcing of, but i of guess it. there is too because you said also you feel more <laughs> inspired when you're at home and totally. stuff like which is that I guess in in itself is yeah. a way to kind of spark it um I noticed that many of the songs that you write about um have a very kind of personal uh meaning to them yeah. or they're even about things that are like your your own personal anxieties and sure. stuff like that does that ever get difficult to perform or like when you're revisiting those songs or yeah it does it, it's definitely it's weird because I think I think in a live setting now that I've been like singing these songs and, and we've been performing these songs for so long mm-hmm. I've almost like become detached from them okay. so that I yeah. don't have to deal to with that deal like with it every you know time. like uh, to me it's no longer so much like about um, you know like really revisiting every single one of those emotions every single night but more so just like okay this was how I was feeling at a certain time I'm going to perform it and put on a good show but I'm not necessarily thinking about what that song is about. Yeah. Now, that's not always the case. Obviously, sometimes when I'm when I'm performing a song and I'm singing the words, I'm like, "Oh fuck, that's right." Like this okay. is like this is still a thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's weird because like in order for my mental health to like remain um, like 
all good on tour, I feel like I do have to sort of detach myself from you have them a to little bit. Be in a, a different headspace. Exactly. For performance. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's crazy too because like after we were well, after the whole feel something writing process was finished, I was like. Really, was it emotionally exhausting? Yeah, like, I was. Yeah. I was extremely emotionally exhausted. I was just like so like done you know like yeah. I didn't I didn't want to even think about like anything anymore and it put me in kind of a weird place for a long time um so I think this next record obviously will still be you know emotional it will still be very much about my personal life but I also think that I might try and shy away from really diving so deep into it just yeah. because it takes a lot out of me yeah and I think that in of course it, yeah. On the flip side, I might try diving into, like, other people's experiences okay. instead of just my own right. so that I have – I'm not spreading myself so thin, you know? Right, of course. Yeah, yeah the one – I mean, the one that really <coughs> spoke out to me was Deadly deadly Dull. Yeah. And when I was reading through the lyrics as well, I was like, oh, man, like, this is – this hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was yeah. – that's a gnarly song for sure. Yeah. Um, the – so, actually, the first time – I heard movements. Um, so Ali introduced me to you guys, but the first time I didn't realize I had heard you guys before. And okay. the first time I heard you guys was on the songs that saved my life. Oh album. yeah. 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 Um, Cause I was, I was a fan of a lot of the bands on that album and that's, so that's when I first heard you guys. Cool. And um, so I was curious who picked, so you guys covered losing my religion yeah. by REM. So I was wondering whose, whose pick was that? And, and why did you guys choose to do that song? I honestly don't remember whose pick it was. Um, it, it wasn't my pick, I can tell you that. Um, not that I don't love that song, because I right. think it's a great song, and I think that we did the song justice for sure, but mm-hmm. um, I don't remember who whose it was. I want to say it was either Ira or Austin okay. who, who chose like that song, uh, and we all kind of just agreed on it. But um, yeah, like we, we picked a song that... I, I mean, I think it would be untrue of me to say... like. Oh, like that song saved my life, or that song right, saved right, really any right. of our lives. But it was definitely a song that that has been influential, right? And I think that's the whole point. Of sure, the, yeah, yeah. Like you know, that was one of the songs that I think inspired you know us at a young age. You know, that's the that type of sound that we were like, oh man, like this is really cool. You know, mm-hmm. and it was that inspiration that then sparked the idea of like, okay, well, I could do that someday too. Yeah. You know, and and without that idea, without the without the the kind of like I guess um, I don't even know the word for it, but w- without that sort of like push behind you, you know, like I don't think I would have been here. Even though if that even though that song in particular might not have been what did it for me, like I'm here because of the artists and because of the songs that inspired me at a young right. age. And if I weren't doing this, then I don't know if I would be here. Okay. You know? Yeah. So I think in a way, in a roundabout sort of way, yeah, like it saved our lives, it saved my life, but it wouldn't I wouldn't say that it directly did right. if that, if no, that makes sense I don't know it's it's so it's, I don't think it's necessarily meant to be a direct you know quote, exactly. like I would not be here if it wasn't for this song right like, right <laughs> yeah so yeah um, yeah we chose that song just because it was it was great and it, it you know obviously it was a song that all of us resonated with and, mm-hmm. and enjoyed from a young age and um, I mean REM is just one of those bands yeah. that like who doesn't like REM yeah. you know of course. so um, yeah we, we did you have a few other picks in the hat for yeah we tossed around um, 
a couple songs by The Cure. Okay. Um, we knew we wanted to do like an older song. Uh, so yeah, the, the Cure was in there. Uh, God, who else were we talking about? I think there was even talks of like a Beatles cover at one point, okay. but we decided that no one can cover the Beatles and do it justice. <laughs> like, yeah, it's tough. Like, it's, it's just tough, such know. a hard, hard song or a hard band to cover. Um, and I think we decided that with The Cure, The Cure would have been too cliche. Okay. So we tried to go for something that was maybe a little bit more out of the box. And okay. That's why we decided with Yeah, because I heard it. there's up in the air for a, a second one. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll see if they ask us to do it again. I'm not yeah. sure, but I would love to. I think the first one went, went very well. Yeah. I mean, as far as like... It's so rare in today's day and age that we have compilation albums anymore because, I mean, you have Spotify playlists. So So it's kind of, it was kind of refreshing when I saw it. I was like, that's, I mean, that's why I listened to it right away. So, and that was actually, and I'm not just saying it was one of my favorites on the, on the album. So that's when, when she mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Sick. Oh yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Cool, man. Um, and I also, something else that I read that I thought was, was really cool was when you guys, um, were making the EP, the original EP. Um, I heard that you guys were playing gigs in really kind of unconventional spaces, like yeah. bowling alleys and skate parks. Do you have any favorite memories from that time? Of yeah, so we 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 did a show or a, we did a tour with Real Friends called the Five Dollar Tour, and the idea behind that tour was that every so every show was five dollars admission, like yeah. tickets were five dollars, and every venue was going to be like a an unconventional venue so okay. uh we played like batting cages in philadelphia we played uh a sneaker store in san diego okay we played um literally in a wrestling ring like uh awesome. like wwe style wrestling ring uh on long island um where else uh, just like like random fucking places like we how did you find all the places? Or, like, did you have so, someone who was literally scouting yeah, random it, spots? Yeah, I, I think, honestly, because Real Friends was headlining it. Okay. Uh, so th- I'm pretty sure their agent was kind of the one who was right. okay. going about doing all that. But, um, I mean, honestly, like, pretty much every single show was memorable in some way from that tour. They're almost each one was every, unique. Yeah, they're, they're all so unique. But I think that definitely by far the most the most unique one was the wrestling ring on yeah. Long Island and that was just like such a cool space to like have a show and like such a different experience you know yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah that was that was a lot of fun and, and that There's was probably some like real famous dudes who trained out of there probably yeah, yeah. yeah like it, it was so cool because like we were such a young band at that time and, and no one really knew who we were but it was still such a definitive tour for our right. career you know I still have people coming up to me to this day being like I saw you guys for the first time on the five dollar tour, and yeah. it was like awesome. And, and I've been a fan ever since. And I'm like, that's sick. Like, yeah, that was one of my favorite tours we've ever done. So awesome. Um, yeah, it was it was very very cool. And that one that will be something I always hold very near and dear to me. And I also I really appreciate small venues and right and okay. uh, more intimate, intimate settings spaces, yeah. because that's obviously where we thrived, and that's where like we came up out of. Um, and so I'll always be a fan of, like, tiny little club shows with no security and no barricade and kids right. just going fucking wild. You yeah. Know? That's that's what I love about the shows that we played growing up. And, and, it's and probably the shows you went to growing up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that, that will always be very near and dear to me. And I think that someday it would be cool to 
take a little bit of inspiration from what real, real friends did and do a tour like that that's all small yeah. settings and, and just have and fun. And it's funny, it. too, because we were talking earlier about how, you know, some of the venues now are, were, had, like, a no tolerance for crowd surfing and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, if I heard that when I was 15, that would just make me want to crowd surf Exactly. More. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a very frustrating scenario when, yeah. when you have a venue like like the people who own this venue and run this venue know what they're getting into when they book the they tour. book a band you know like yeah like it's something that we literally our, our our tour manager sends out like a you know a thing like to these to these venues like before we've even booked them like hey movements is this type of band yeah. this is what their crowd is like like it's not necessarily aggressive but the fans are um, you know, rambunctious. Like, yeah, yeah. like it, this is what they're used to. Your staff needs to be able to handle that. And if you can't handle that, then, then you know, we'll we'll look for other options for other venues. Yeah. And when we run into a venue who's booked the tour and has agreed to those and things, like day but then of day of is like, yeah, no, we don't allow that here. It's it's frustrating. Yeah, so, of course. I um, mean, yeah. Yeah, we definitely prefer venues that just allow kids to have a good time. Yeah. And and, and do what kids are gonna do yeah you know? that's what I mean it's like they're kids you're gonna fall you're gonna get a couple scrapes yeah <laughs> exactly <And you're>, yeah <laughs> um, if you speaking of unconventional places if where do you think would be like if you could pick any place on the entire planet to play a gig mm. where do you think would be the coolest spot Man, that's so tough. Yeah, it's a tough like, one. Because <laughs> we've already played gigs in, in places. And I don't even I mean like, venues. Like, you could say Machu Picchu if you yeah, want. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe, like, the Great Wall of China. That'd, that'd be pretty be, sick. That'd be fucking That'd be really sick. sick. Yeah. Like, I wonder if any bands ever played on the wall. I highly doubt, doubt it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they would never allow that, but yeah. it would be very cool. <laughs> I think so. That's a good answer. Um, this tour has... Um, one thing that grabbed my attention, too, was the, on the poster, you've got this artwork of three kids kind of sitting around a static television. Yeah. Is there a symbolism for something, or...? Um, I mean, um, yes and no. Okay. Like, it, ultimately, like, we just fucked with how it looked as far as, like, it was very vintage, like, kind of, like, 1960s sort of mm-hmm. illustration, um, and we just liked that sort of vintage vibe. But then also, like we decided to like just like make it like this weird little like almost inside joke because um if you look really closely like at the ad mat one of the kids is holding like like a a stuffed animal yeah it's like this little cat mascot that Mm -hmm. we have put like on our merch and stuff before i've said so my next question where did the tom and jerry s yeah Uh, that little cat (laughs) dude was just like a random merch design that got submitted to us from from the same guy who did the the poster design his name's dustin dustin i think okay wyatt i don't know I think his name's Dustin. Um, but, Shout out to Dustin. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna feel really bad if he like ever listens to this and that's not his name. But um, whatever. It's Derek Jerk. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure his name's Dustin. Anyway, so like he submitted that original like kind of Tom and Jerry cat design to us at one point, and we just liked it a lot, and we brought it out, and then uh, it did really well. Like it sold super super well, and we were like, oh cool, like this is it. And so we kind of started like putting it on more merch just to see what would happen, and it kept selling really well and so it became sort of this almost unofficial mascot of our band just over the last maybe six months you know like like it would never be a real mascot but it was just sort of this unofficial thing that we like were just fucking with for a while yeah and then uh when we saw the artwork that he had made um 
that was like the three kids sitting around the TV. We were like, oh, this is kind of cool. And it almost looks kind of like cult-esque. Yeah. So like, let's do some weird shit with like the cat. Yeah. And, and so um, the only way you would ever possibly know like all of this. So you're getting like the inside yeah. scoop right now. But there's <laughs> like this. Um, so for this tour. We did five region-specific VIP packages. Okay. And in those VIP packages, you get a, a poster, um, a T-shirt, early entry, and, like, some other, like, little bullshit stuff. So, um, like, the T-shirt is, like, the main focal point of, like, those region-specific. So, like, it's, like, West Coast, uh, Southwest, Midwest, East Coast, and Southeast. Like, okay. Those are, like, the five different regions. And the West Coast shows start with, like just like a plane like so it's just the the kids like around the tv and on the tv it's the cat mascot and he's got like a spiral behind him and it just says hey kids let's play a game okay the second the second uh region specific shirt is like the ad mat which is like the static and nothing's really going on yet and then as these shirts like get further along into the tour they get crazier and crazier okay until these shows which are we're, we're calling them the midwest shows even though we're in toronto now it's yeah. not really the midwest anymore but i mean we're considering it the midwest part of that yeah um so the midwest being the end of the 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 uh tour the kids are all on fire and like the the whole like everything okay. is just going to shit in this imaginary little world that's happening wow that's uh, and the cat has come to life and he's on top of like the tv as everything is up in flames and he's just laughing that's and that's cool. it's just like it's just a crazy a cool little, little easter egg yeah so who's exactly. whose idea who came up with that this was whole? my idea yeah? yeah really cool that's yeah, awesome yeah i i just like wanted to do something weird and are you a big fan of animation illustration or um did... i i i am like i i definitely appreciate um art just right, in okay. general yeah and and i really really like I, I guess I couldn't really say that I'm, like, a, a huge fan of animation because I'm honestly not the biggest fan of, like, actual anime, like, like Japanese anime Which is anime interesting because I like, saw one of your t-shirts had, like, an anime, an anime character. Yeah, yeah, like, like, I think it's a really cool style, but um, I've never been, like, an, like a, like a, like a, a follower, follower like a, yeah, of yeah. anime. But I do appreciate, like, illustration and I do appreciate art in, in any form. And so when those ideas were sort of pitched to us, I was like... What's something weird that we can do that would be, like, in my opinion, like, I think the coolest merchandise that you can have is the merchandise that is, like, Regional super, specific. super rare, you know? Yeah, like, and, like, regionally specific, too. It's regionally really cool. specific. You can only get it if you do a special thing. Like, there are kids that have shirts that are, like, one of, like, 50, you know? Right. And, and it's it's crazy, too. I'm not going to give it away yet, but at the very end of this tour, on the last day, we're doing another okay. little, like, thing that's going to be even more rare than any okay, of, like, that so Just for the last show. Just for, like, the very last day. Where yeah. is the last show? Chicago. Okay. Yeah, okay. so... Um, yeah, we're, we just have, like... So wait I, and see. Are you going to post it anywhere? Yeah, so it's going to be, like, a live stream type deal. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, we like having little tricks up our sleeve just to kind of, I don't know, keep make... Keep it interesting. Yeah, keep it interesting and, and, and make it 
fun, you know, like, I just, I love the idea of very rare, very specific things, like, I see t-shirts from, like, Oasis, and, like, old bands back in the day that are worth so much money because they're just that rare, you know, like, you could have only gotten it at this day of this tour in 1994, like, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden are super specific, literally every city they have their own t-shirt, I think that's so fucking cool, it is really cool, and I just, like, not that I think that we'll ever be like an Iron Maiden, but you know, never say I, never, I just man. think it's really <laughs> sick to to see like, okay, cool, like in twenty years that shirt's gonna be worth two hundred yeah. bucks because it's just or like so in twenty years rare. someone's gonna post a photo in that shirt. Yeah, like, I remember that tour. Yeah, yeah. like or like you find From it the five dollar tour. You find <laughs> it randomly like at like you're at, like a thrift store and like you right. come across yeah. one of those shirts. You're like, damn, like people don't know yeah. how rare this is. You yeah, know? like I think that's so sick. So. One of the t-shirts I get common the most songs I have this like. 1976 Thin Lizzy tour. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I wasn't even alive yet. There's tour dates on the back. And like, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, so sick. Yeah. I remember I... I, uh, I think it was like off a certain rare store or something like that yeah. that I got it, and I wore it to... A darkness concert once Sick. and Justin Hawkins was like cool shirt dude I have that one and like yeah damn that's so sick yeah yeah. so I noticed I mentioned on the way in you got some Xboxes and stuff here yeah. how do you guys like to geek out on tour um so our drummer Spencer is like a huge like gamer like okay. he loves games he has like his gaming laptop that he brings everywhere yeah um excuse me uh he like used to like only play like consoles and stuff and then he would like miss playing games so much on the road that he like sold his console and like bought like this crazy expensive like super performance gaming okay. laptop essentially okay. so he can just bring his laptop with him everywhere and just like it's crazy like he'll sit that's his bunk right there it's like yeah. bigger and open um, okay. and he'll like set up like a little desk in there like he like brings this slab <laughs> of wood with him wherever he goes and and he'll set up a little desk and he'll like game like all day every day yeah uh ira brings his xbox ira's our guitar player um he's like a big like madden i see actually on the tv yeah like madden Madden and and, uh nba like he's like a big sports dude and like loves like the sports games and stuff so like he'll play those um Austin, our bass player, is, like, really big into, like, uh, Legend of Zelda and, okay. like, has, like, a Switch, a Nintendo Switch. Switch is key because yeah. Switch is so easy to travel so with. So easy with. Yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, like, I've never been a gamer. I, oh, man. You're the odd guy out. I'm the odd guy out. So what like, do you do when everyone's gaming? And I just hang out, honestly. Like, I go find food. Oh, right. <laughs> so you go and eat. Like, I go and eat or, like, just walk around. I love, like, uh, I'm, I'm, like, into different things than I think the guys are. Like, I love... Um, like fashion and like shoes like I'm, I'm like okay. I, I really like sneakers oh man you're on the right street for that yeah yeah. yeah I like sneakers I like um, just different like clothing styles and whatnot. and um, so I like to go out and just like find random Save. shit if you still like, have time you're like on Queen Street here is one of the best yeah, spots in the city I like. was just walking up and down oh, like okay. when I went to go get food and, and I saw a few stores that I was like yeah I'm gonna go there later if it's still open okay so we'll wrap it up on the same <laughs> thing that we started with while you're on tour, what have been some of the best food spots that you... Oh, man. Well, honestly, the food spot, that I, the, the Thai place the Thai I just place ate at here. was phenomenal. Do you remember the name of it here? B- BKK? BKK. Yeah. Okay, I, shout out to BKK. BKK Thai or something. I don't know. Okay. Super, super great spot. Um, 
Is there anywhere in any specific city that you're like, man, oh, next yeah. time I'm here, I'm coming back to this place? Well, there haven't necessarily been any new places. Okay, so, so where are some like so where I'm are a creature your, of habit? I was gonna say, where are your your list? Uh, what are a couple of your top list so that you have to check off? Boston. There's a pizza place called T. Anthony's. That okay, is like my number two in the entire country. In Boston. Boston. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number one pizza place in the entire country is a pizza place that we'll be going to in Chicago called Palermo's. Okay. Um, that is like deep dish. No, it's actually it's like New okay. York style pizza. Okay. Um, but it's in Chicago. Okay. Really weird. I don't really. There's not really a single New York, New York pizza place that I can say is like my favorite in the country. Yeah, like just like all, all of my good. Though. Yeah. <laughs> all of my all of my favorite pizzas are in different cities. Okay. Um, but yeah, so T. Anthony's in Boston, Palermo's in Chicago. Uh, there, right outside of Philadelphia, there are three really, really good restaurants that I always try to go to. The first one being uh, a Mexican restaurant called El Limon. Okay. And which is crazy, El Limon is my second favorite Mexican in the whole country, and I was born Where and raised it? in. Uh, it's in Conshohocken, in Pennsylvania. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, thirty minutes outside of Philadelphia, random yeah, little yeah. place, um, but it's my f- second favorite in the country. And I literally grew up and like was born and raised Southern California. I'm half Mexican. Mexican, like, yeah. I know good Mexican food. Yeah. And Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Conshohocken fucking Pennsylvania. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, super weird. Awesome. El Limon, uh, on the same block, there's a, another Thai place called Chiang Mai that's okay. really, really good. And then there's a little um, pub called the Great American Pub. Okay. Uh, again, all within the same block radius of each other in Conshohocken. And the Great American so Pub So you're is like, just every, like, every tour, you're like, Pennsylvania, as many dates in oh, Pennsylvania yeah. as oh, possible. Yeah. <laughs> we love Conshohocken. It's sick. Okay. Um, um, God, where else? One of my favorite Pennsylvania's, uh, brand, and it's just like a fast food place, is Promanti Brothers. Oh, yeah, Promanti Brothers. Oh, my sick. gosh. Yeah. Like, we went, I took a road trip with a friend to Pittsburgh once. Yeah. And we had Promanti Bros, like, on the first night, and then we literally went every day Dude, after yeah. that. Promanti it's Bros so is, good. is sick. It's yeah. very Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's see, what other, what other places? Um... Portland, Maine, there is this uh, lobster roll place called Eventide, okay. which is, like, extremely expensive, and, like, you get the smallest amount of food ever, but it is so fucking good. <laughs> like, you go there and spend, like, you have to spend, like, 60 bucks to get full, yeah. but it's amazing. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, is still even, like, if you go to, like, a fine dining place, yeah, like, $60 is, like, an appetizer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I guess relatively speaking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Portland, Oregon, on the on the complete opposite coast, other Portland, Portland, Oregon has some of my favorite restaurants of all time, um, to name a few. There's this place called um, Pine State Biscuits. Okay. It's just, like, fried chicken and gravy inside of a biscuit. Amazing. It's yeah. unbelievable. They do this... Uh, they do this stuff called apple butter, which is kind of like applesauce but really thick. Yeah. Uh, and they just spread it on the inside of the of the of the biscuit, Sounds and unreal. it's just amazing. Um, shit, there's. No, I, I remember I went to Austin, Texas once. And yeah. A lot of good food. Austin's there. great. Austin yeah. has really good barbecue. Yes. Um, yeah. I there's one I went to. My my friend moved. 
uh, to Austin and she took me to one it wasn't even like it's not even a restaurant it's like they rented out a lot and put yeah. a truck in there oh, with several dude. little huts yes and they like the thing is one truck wasn't even enough to cook everything so they have like all these little huts and then just picnic tables dude and you have to go at like 10 in the morning yeah or else you're not gonna get barbecue dude, that day <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. I haven't I been I can't remember the name I haven't been like, but I've had a friend tell me yeah, that exact thing that's the and spot it's, yeah. it's sick I've heard um yeah uh other great barbecue like Kansas City there's okay. um oh, my phone keeps going off sorry um in Kansas City there's literally a gas station and, and not like a restaurant like a gas station okay that sells barbecue okay and it is without a doubt the best barbecue I've ever had in my life really yeah from a gas in station Kansas City Kansas City wow I'd have to figure out the name for you again yeah, yeah. but it's unbelievable um, Next time I'm on a road trip, I'm going to listen back to this. Yeah, straight up. Like <laughs> Surprisingly enough, like, some of the best Thai I've had in uh, California, or in the United States, was in um, California, like, just outside of Sacramento. Yeah. Um, there's this place called, I think it's called, like, Golden Thai or, okay. or Paradise Thai or something like that. It was unbelievable. Man, I'm going to tweet you the Thai place here. <laughs> Dude, straight so up, you, like, hit me up I'm with all of now. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so, a big... I actually had the chefs on my podcast. Yeah, I like them so. Yeah, dude, and that's it, sick. But I even like it more now because they're like the nice. It's a couple, and they're huh. like the nicest people. Yeah. you've ever met. That's and so. They met awesome. on like an elephant in Thailand. That's and yeah, like crazy. actually, yeah, <laughs> we met on an elephant ride. Damn, and it's like now I like your food even more, <laughs> dude. I love Thailand. I want to go back yeah. to Thailand. I've so never been. Bad. I've always yeah, it's on my it's, list. It's awesome. I I think. When I eventually end up getting married and having a honeymoon and stuff, I want to go to Thailand. Okay. Just because it's so, like, diverse and there's so much, like, cool shit to do there. But it's also extremely affordable because the exchange rate is, like, so different. Yes, like, yeah. you can go and... I've heard that. Be, yeah, like, you could be put up in, like, a five-star luxury hotel, like, spa fucking resort for, like, the equivalent of what would be, like... 50 or 60 dollars a night yeah. in the US like it's yeah. crazy cheap so that's kind of like what I'm thinking I want to do for future when you get stuff there. yeah when you get there. <laughs> yeah. cool man well thank you very much for yeah. doing the show thank you I appreciate and you having absolutely. me absolutely appreciate it man sick yeah Adamantium.